0: I'm here at the uh, San Francisco Game Developers Conference, and with me today is a special guest. How
1: about you introduce yourself? How you doing? My name's uh, Dave Castelnuovo, and I made a game called Pocket God. Uh, we were number one in App Store for a while and sold over 2.3 million units, so it's a little game uh, where you take these little pygmy guys and draw them and skewer them with spears and light them on fire and do all kinds of like really fun, uh, mean things.
0: And, and what inspired you to make the
1: game? Um, basically we were just trying to uh, uh, get into the market in any way that we could. Uh, we wanted to do these like short little projects and uh, Paka was never meant to be a huge success it was just meant to be like a short little week-long project that we could have fun with you know and we yeah. could entertain ourselves by doing like really kind of extreme kind of funny things and it just ended up that there's lots of people like me that like that same kind of extreme funny number yeah. so, so while you were developing it you were, you were having a lot of fun during the process right. then right. Exactly, and I think that's an important part of it is, you know, I think companies and and people that go out there to try and capture the market, um, that that doesn't really work. You know, you try and second guess, you know, you're not going to get as big of an emotional reaction out of just entertaining yourself. You know, you should be your your primary customer, and if you can, like, entertain yourself during the development process, then chances are there's going to be a lot of people like you that will also get into it.
0: And how long did the development process take um, to, to get it done?
1: well the first iteration was only a week so uh... we did it between january and uh... or uh... December, uh christmas and new year's of, of two thousand eight uh... but then we've been putting in like God, almost a year and a half just straight of seven day a week uh... uh twelve to sixteen hour a day uh... work sessions you know since yeah. then
0: so after the first iteration then what did you go about doing um, you know did you submit to the app store did you test it on people how, how did that work
1: well we just put it out there and quite frankly i mean that's uh... Uh, my goal was to uh, not really uh, get bogged down in terms of like trying second guessing people and, yeah. and waiting on stuff and, and trying to like figure out like will this work will this not work. Our strategy was just like put it out there get through it see what happens and then just iterate and, and sure. try something else. Um, so you were thinking about doing other games too? Right? No no no. Pocket God was originally meant to just be a stepping stone onto a more sophisticated, sophisticated game, a traditional game, and we're kind of lucky that it took off because our traditional game probably wouldn't have done nearly as well. Okay uh... so you release the game on the app store uh... what happens so when it came out, um, we were you know really uh, kind of at the Azure seat. You know we hoped that it would do well. We hoped that it would sell like maybe 200 copies a day, and you know we kind of felt like, well, what if nobody? That's buys that's
0: it? ambitious. Right? I know that's
1: ambitious. You know I mean that's that's decent. Uh, and if you can get like a 200 uh, unit a day hit, you know you're doing pretty well. I mean that's that's really decent. And then we just started uh, seeing it grow from there. A lot of people were giving us some negative feedback at first, and it really kind of forced us to get out there and get into the community uh, community build- building and to talk to people and that was actually the, the best thing that could, could have happened. Uh, I mean, I'm a developer. I don't really spend a lot of time with social media like Facebook or Twitter or anything like that um, but Pocket God kind of forced me to get out there and forced me to uh, uh, put myself out there, my personality out there and to be kind of genuine people and, and that's I think what made the, the biggest impact with, uh, with Pocket God.
0: Awesome. Um, can you talk about what kind of negative feedback were you getting? Was it just on the gameplay itself, or just some of the
1: issues, like sometimes it, was, it wasn't it was as polished? Well, before I did Pocket God, I did a couple other projects just to kind of test the market and like learn the SDK, sure. and the first one I spent like 10 hours on, the second one I spent about two days on, and so granted, they weren't the most sophisticated apps in the world, but when people looked at Pocket God, they looked at these other apps, and they said, well, Bolt Creator probably doesn't have a great, great rep- reputation, they're probably not going to support this, uh, I wouldn't buy it, you know. Uh, it looks like one of those games that are Kind of like uh, they're trying to sell you on the promise of future updates, and you know, most likely uh, they're not going to follow through on it. So it was kind of like a, a turning point for us, where this dream of being able to work out of our homes and work on our own creative uh, was at risk. You know what I mean?
0: And so you you put yourself out there. I mean, that's pretty different, right? I, did you do that before, um, or was that the first time you did it? And what were some of the challenges? And just being comfortable with that. You know,
1: well, um, I mean, I consider myself kind of an introvert, and qu- quite honestly, it was kind of challenging to kind of put myself out there like that. But I'm a fan of uh, real, genuine uh, comedy and real, genuine personality. I'm a fan of Howard Stern, and he kind of is about as open as you can possibly get, You're talking about all of, the, all of his uh, personal life. So I really felt like, you know, I didn't want to be a marketer. I didn't want to try and sell people. I think people can, can, are kind of resistant to that anyway. Um, so I just wanted to put myself out there and let people decide and uh, just be more interesting. You know what I mean? mean rather than uh, trying to tell people to to buy the game. And and so you
0: had a Twitter account, and you just tweeted to that? Or or what were some of the things that you mentioned?
1: Well, originally we got onto Touch Arcade and we just started really uh, working uh, with that. You know, developing one-on-one uh, relationships with people. You know, making friends, and and my thought is, you know, if if you know somebody, if your friend like is in a band or something, you're going to go see them and you're going to go try and tell everybody about them. So we wanted to try and go onto public places like public forums like Touch Arcade, meet as many people as we could, get them to know us as like people rather than a company, and like lo- allow that to kind of build like this grassroots movement. So we really worked the forums for a long time. I would put like a developer diary on the forums. Um then it kind of evolved more into a uh, blog. We started doing a blog. And and I think the way that we market our application is a little bit different in the fact that uh, we put more of a spotlight on our community and what they're doing than what we're doing. So we don't send people to a website that has like uh, screenshots and videos and, you know, marketing language. We basically show them, you know, here's some kid that did this really crazy video because he loves PocketGuts so much. Here's this mom that created a uh, stuffed animal pygmy, you know, for her kid because they just can't get enough. You know, here's this uh, parent that that's watching their one-year-old know how to open up the iPhone and get in the pocket god, and they're, like, proud of the fact that she's, like, drowning pygmies and tossing them in the volcano, you know? So we want to basically show, like, you know, how crazy our fans are about the the game, so don't take our word for it, take their word for it, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and some of the stories you mentioned, it sounds like, parents are playing with their kids. I mean, is that is that a big part of it, or is it mainly adults, Josh?
1: Um, we're pretty wide range. You know, I would say the strongest uh, demo for us is probably junior high school, high school, uh, getting into college. Um, some adults love it as well. You know, they, they can't get enough of it. Uh, then there's what I call the edgy parents, you know, parents that have give their $500 device to their three-year-old, and they're like, uh uh-huh, I don't know if I should be worried that my kid loves to uh, uh, skewer pygmies, you know, <laughs> like... <Yeah. laughs>
0: off. Um, so, you know, aside from that, were you also updating the game itself, or were you focusing more on the community
1: aspect? I would say it was, it's about 50-50, you know, I mean community is definitely a big part of what we do uh, but for the first 14 updates we did weekly updates, so oh. our schedule would go like, you know, Tuesday, sleep in, uh, Wednesday start thinking about like, well, what are we going to do this week? You know, what kind of wacky idea do we have? Uh, Thursday, Friday, start investigating technology, uh, all day Saturday, pump it out, Sunday do bug fixes and cement. and then Monday, get back to our client work, and keep in mind, for the first 14 updates, we were releasing like real functionality, not just bug fixes and text changes, but real functionality every single week. And at the same time, I had 60-hour plus of a week client work, you know. And Alan, uh, my partner, had uh, his clients that he was working on, you know. So I mean, we were just really, really busy. We we, we saw that we had kind of a little of a wave. Uh, we weren't secure enough yet where we wanted to quit our job, so we just put everything that we had behind this, and we really tried to just uh, build that wave. At, as, as uh, big as we could. And you also uh, work with the, the new
0: trend of games as a service, well, not new, but games as a service thing even for the iPhone.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, at first we called it um, uh, uh, episodic micro game, you yeah. know, and it's just kind of like these little touches of interactivity like part of a sandbox and we evolved it to the point where we have like uh... mini games and like different types of things where we're starting to put like uh... in-app purchases where we offer them skin packs but yeah i mean it's kind of like an, an extended development process it's like there is no end it's uh, as long as uh, pocket god does well we'll still be adding content and you know it's for your original ninety-nine cent price point
0: yeah. uh... so a lot of indies are kind of working on their game on the side and you know they've got their main job when did you decide to you know just go all the way with pocket god
1: well, um, basically it just get, got, kept on getting harder and harder in order to uh, do my client work uh, and while well, at the beginning we, could, we were able to do updates every single week. you know at first, it was like you know, an update took maybe a day, then all of a sudden it started taking two days and all of a sudden it took a week and all of a sudden it, take, it took a week and a half so I had to start pulling back days for my consulting uh, work you know and finally, it was at the point where you know there was just no way I could uh, do anything but pocket God. And, and now we're completely you know wrapped up in it
0: and were you number 1 before you decided to go all the way with PakaGod or or how did that work
1: Yeah, we were actually number 1 for a while before we uh, started to go all the way and you know to be fair, it wasn't just the financial thing. You know, I also the the clients that I worked for uh worldgolftour.com, um, they're really great people, and I was, I was there since the very beginning, and you know, I really wanted to stick around and, and help them out as much as I, as, as I possibly could. So I really kind of made an effort to you know, at least spend a couple days a week, even after we were number one, at least spend one day a week. But then it finally just got too much, and, and I left them in a good position. They had totally understood, so it just ended up being like the right time to uh, uh, split off from them.
0: And you know, once you became number one, what were your thoughts? Uh, do you think, were you a little concerned that it might just peak and then go down? Or, or how are you gonna keep that going?
1: I think that happens the entire way, so when we actually got into the top one hundred we' are like oh, oh wow i can 't believe this happened you know when 's the other shoe going to drop you know when are we going to like fall right out and then we got up to like you know uh, fifty five and and we're like, Wow, this is awesome and, and we slipped back down to sixty then we're like okay well that's it. you know our our rain is done, and then all of a sudden we hit fifty and we jumped up to number two and I mean, the, the whole process, until we were, like, in the top 25 for, like, four months or so, um, was, like, continuously checking the app store, continuously checking our ranking, you know, just, like, every five seconds, and, you know, just a, kind of a, a paranoia that's hard to get over with.
0: Yeah, so, um, so now you're working on this full-time, are you thinking about doing another game on top of this?
1: Um, while you're, you know, working on
0: this game, um, you know, that's a strategy that some, some companies have followed, what, and then some companies have just gone all the way with one game, so what do you
1: do? Well, the whole thing with our strategy is, um, I don't want to create a company out of it. You know, I don't want to take all the uh, the revenue that we made and, and spill it into another game that could possibly fail, and then all of a sudden we're out of out of the industry. We want to be care- really careful about the growth. I'm actually not much of a company builder. I like working on my home. I like peace and quiet. Yeah. You know, I like keeping things small. So we're really going to focus on that. Um, instead of um, creating a, a new game ourselves, what we're looking at is licensing. You know, finding existing teams that you know may have expertise in the console industry. And Facebook and different things, and like going with them, creating a partnership, and assisting them in the development of a Pocket God game on on another platform or on another uh, iPhone game with a different genre. You know, we think that the game, uh, you know, lends itself to all kinds of gameplay. You know, the the big uh, hook with it is. Uh, the cute characters and the humor, the mean humor aspect of it. So we think that it could be like a cool puzzle platformer. It could be like a cool uh, collection of mini games. It could be a, a Animal Crossing type game. So it's really a question of like finding somebody that really you know believes in the in the. Uh, game uh, believes in the characters and you know, wants to do a good job and, and, and uh, uh, handle the management of that piece you know, we don 't make as much money uh, in that way in the long run, but you know it 's really a lifestyle choice for us that we want to keep things small and we want to keep things quiet and we don 't want to you know, blow up fast and then like, explode like a firecracker. You know? <laughs> And what suggestions do you have then for other
0: indie game developers who, you know, are trying to do their own game, their own either indie game either on Facebook or iPhone or mobile or something else?
1: My advice is to really um, stay true to yourself, try and please yourself. You know, if you can get an emotional impact out of yourself and, like, create a game that causes you to laugh or causes you to say, wow, that's awesome, you know, that's going to be the the most... most, that's going to be the strongest kind of reaction I can get. You know, keep on looking for that. Keep on looking for things that move you. You know, and and chances are, you know, people are, that are like you are going to be moved move as well. Um, but at the end of the day, there is a big luck factor. There is a certain aspect of being in the right place at the right time. And the only way that you can kind of manage that is by being in a long term. You know, like uh, don't don't iterate like crazy. Don't like sit there and agonize about like what color a button needs to be. You know, get stuff out there quick. You know, see what it does in the real marketplace, and then iterate. Either with a new game or with updates, you know, but 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 focus on trying to um, do things quick, get out there, test stuff. Don't take it too seriously because you, you might be wrong in terms of what you think the audience reaction is going to be. Uh, but just stay in it long term, you know.
0: And and so, do you keep trying to make the development still fun and all? Like, do you still try to keep laughing while you're developing and adding features, or how does that work? Is it now more kind of serious because now that you've already done all the creative work?
1: Well, it's up and down. I mean, to be quite honest, there's a lot of burnout in terms of working a year and a half for seven days a week, 16-hour days. So, you know, sometimes we're, like, so tired and we think, like, you know, God, what are we going to do this week? What are we going to do for this next update? Um, But there are a lot of things that we uh, laugh at. You know, we just had um, a a dance pack update where we offered, like, seven different dances for the Pygmies. And we did the pants on the ground thing, like, a week after the viral video went out. You know, that was, like, hilarious. Uh, We just did a a story mode and Alan came up with these really awesome stories. Story ideas, but there's one story that he put in called "Dancing with the Ars," and another one called "Gas Who," with like, you know, these pygmies doing these like uh, cute little things, and so we still find ways of like, you know, making it fun. Um, But but it's hard, you know, with anything that that you're working on for like a year or so, um, it's difficult to have that all the time, you know? So you just have to be realistic with yourself.
0: And, I mean, how do you feel then just waking up every day and working on a project that you've done yourself, that you're creating, It not really for another client, it's, you know, for your own customers and stuff like that?
1: It's the most satisfying thing that I've ever done, you know? I mean, I really felt that I had a lot of ideas that I wanted to work on something that would like move people and you know be in charge of your own destiny working out of your home I get to see my wife all day long cuz I don't have to you know work late nights in an office and you know it's really really rewarding it's really great you know if I would have to say that to anybody out there, if, if they kind of have that in, inside of them, if they feel like they want, would want to be an independent developer and want to do the same kind of thing, I would like do it. Stop what you're doing and like, find some way to do it. The, the way that I, di- I did it was, um, and I recognize that I have a problem finishing my own projects, was just to set up a little sprint. Just say, what can I do in 10 hours? I'm just going like, to do 10 hours. I'm going to start it and finish it and just get it out of the way. It doesn't have to be like earth shattering. It doesn't have to be the first thing that, first time that anyone's ever done what you're thinking about. You know, just just do something. You know, get it out there, and then when you're done, try and do something else. You know, but you know, just try and find a way to get out there and, and, and do something and finish it, and, and and move on to something new. And if you can do that, you know, uh, eventually something will hit. You know?
0: And you know, you also had a partner, though. A lot of indies will do it alone. Um, did you, even for your previous projects, have you had partners, or was this the first time where you decided to work with someone else?
1: Well, um, in my previous projects, uh, the the two that I did were just like my my own type thing, and um you know, there, there's all kinds of different models for success. You know, some people actually work, find uh, working with a partner really easy, and, and with a with a game especially. You know, typically the lines are drawn as programmer and artist, yeah. and uh, so at, at the minimum you kind of need like that kind of configuration. But there's like plenty of projects out there that are just programmers. You know, a programmer that has like a decent creative streak. You know, maybe you're a fan of like an, an 8-bit style, an old Atari Genesis, uh, an old uh, Atari 2600 type game, and you can be a programmer and, and do a game like that, and have like a uh, kind of like retro kind of feel, and, and end up doing something cool. So you know, there's there's a model for uh, there, there's a potential for success for anything that you want to do. You don't know there if people knew what was going to hit then they would do it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, go out there and try something, you know, just try what you, what you believe in, uh, figure out, like, what your strengths are, you know, if, you, if there's a partner that you feel like you can work with really well, go, you might want to go the partner route. If you think that you can do something on your own that's going to be really worthwhile, do that. You know, you, it's just a matter of getting out there and just trying things.
0: And where can folks find out more information about your game? Uh, pocketgod.blogspot.com Thank you very much.